0: Hello, my lovelies, welcome to my once again atmospheric space, you can tell that it's um, getting dark and that I don't have my studio lights with me. So this is like, this is like mountain living right now. So bear with me. So today we're going to talk about seven things you should know about the woman formerly known as you after transformation. So let's start with the list. I normally make you wait to land today, we're going to start with the list. Okay, so here we go. So this woman formerly known as you, she won't take shit. She will have clear and firm boundaries. She'll know what matters to her. Fear, regret, uncertainty, guilt, sadness, and doubt won't define her days or her nights. She'll be able to speak confidently her truth, whatever that might be. She'll be able to create the life she wants, and she'll motivate and inspire others around her what? Who is this woman? Right? Well, you might be surprised who this woman is. So how can I confidently say these things? It's easy. I just described myself. And I am not special, unique, or even remarkable, frankly. I've just traveled the road before you. That's all. So further little bit of an advantage here. It's what I do day in and day out. And it's all I want to do, frankly. So by this, I mean that the work that I do with women, whether it's in groups or individually, whether it's through speaking or writing or coaching or leading, um, it doesn't matter. We could say that I was a one-off, unique that is, if I didn't see the proof of the power of transformation day after day um, in these interactions that I have with women in these different environments. So I'm lucky enough to get to witness the magic that happens when a woman finally not only gets it and gets herself, but also embraces it. So, you know, honestly, nothing makes me happier. And when I look back, over my life and my career, the evidence is so, so clear. I have always chased that feeling, that addictive hit that happens when someone, someone that I've worked with and helped and that sort of thing, truly succeeds in ways that are the truest expression of their authentic self. So that last sentence, the truest expression of their authentic self, what on God's green earth does that mean? It's a fair question. So, some examples, yes. And I'm going to be doing that thing where the identities are obscured because you know it's ethical and, and that's what you have to do. I was a researcher, am a researcher as well. So follow those rules. So let's take woman A. So these are all people that I have worked with. So this woman, having spent her life as an academic, she viewed herself as only moderately successful. So many things in her personal life had made these years as she kind of moved through the 25 years of her career, um, they made them a real true struggle from like language challenges to cultural expectations to her own stories about what a mother, wife, daughter, and career woman should be and do. So for her, I'm going to have a drink here, despite her successes and accolades, her life only showed evidence of mediocrity. She, that's what she thought, right? And she didn't see the resilience that she developed and shown through the various challenges and some were quite substantial. And she also believed as many successful women do that her actions and her achievements should speak for themselves, right? So she shouldn't, she shouldn't brag or she shouldn't talk about herself in that way. Um, so either they spoke for themselves or others should recognize them and promote them for her, but she wouldn't have agency in this. And yes, this worked about as well as you might imagine. She saw a small handful of colleagues become the equivalent of academic rock stars. And she couldn't see what the difference between her work and their work was fundamentally. So they were, and as, as an academic myself, I can say that it was pretty much on par. So it wasn't that she was operating from this kind of space where she was like, I'm amazing. So the truth be told, it wasn't the work that was the actual issue. It was her self-confidence and her ability to self-promote. She's so not alone on this one. That's literally the thing that I work with women on every day, whatever else might be going on, that's going on too, right? So she had some notion of who and what she wanted to be. However, she was afraid of taking the steps necessary to transform her current life into the life she imagined. It was too daunting, too embarrassing, and it triggered all of her self-doubt, right? For her, if she, if she actually put herself out there, And nothing changed. What would that say about her? That's a terrifying thought. I've been there. But then she asked herself another question. She wanted, she asked herself, I thought this was really really interesting. What do I want my daughters to see? And then the answer was there for her. So she did the work, she took the steps, she uttered, uttered the words, she stayed true to herself, albeit with apprehension, while the giant wheels of her life began to turn. And they had been turning for quite some time. So everything changed when she changed. And she she ended up in a very short, like so in a year, um, with international um, awards, recognition, collaborations, accolades, citations, all the things that she'd, she'd imagined began to manifest because she was undergoing this, this transformation, this true transformation. So why do I call it a true transformation? Well, it's simple. And this is something that people, it's simple, but, but we humans get caught up on it a lot changing your behaviors from the outside does nothing to truly change the person you are on the inside and in fact next week's blog talks about that um, a lot more so habits don't become habits until they are internalized that is they become a part of who you are in a in a way that doesn't cause you to question yourself it just simply is so of course that's what she had going on before the transformation too right she had habits of thoughts and belief and therefore behavior that kept her from standing up and speaking out habits work both ways so she developed a new set of habits so let's take woman b so much younger than woman a woman b was struggling to find a career path forwards that allowed her to be her true self so she knew what kind of work she was drawn to and loved but she didn't it didn't seem to be fitting in a neat little labeled box, right? It's not a a doctor, a lawyer, accountant, teacher, that sort of thing. So as a result, her attempts to find work that spoke to her soul weren't bearing fruit. So she felt stuck, unappreciated, and as time went on, more and more like a fraud, because if others didn't see the potential in her, was there potential in her? So like many women, she equated being chosen with being good enough. And to be honest, it's really hard to separate those two ideas. They are different, but it's really hard to separate them. So she made many attempts of breaking out of the constraints that came her to her by way of her family stories, her socioeconomic status. She had a very US-centric perspective that she wanted to shift, that was her choice. Um, over and over again, though, she was passed by for opportunities and options and outs. It wasn't until she began drawing her line in the sand where she clearly defined for herself what she valued, what she truly believed, as opposed to what she'd been told to believe, and that's important, um, what she imagined her best life could look like that she began to be able to start the process of transformation. So like a path began to materialize in front of her and it was slow work and it felt at times like she was going backwards. Um, she didn't have a great deal of support, so the first thing she that she did that truly transformed her perspective was actually finding people who believed in her and in possibility in general. So from there, she slowly scaffolded the changes. She's still doing this, she's still in process, but her self-worth, her, her way of being in the world and the way she now spends her time and who she spends it with took on the aspect of what she envisioned. So Listen to that again, okay? What she envisioned. Her stories about what was, what could be, and her why got rewritten. And finally, at least for today, onto Woman C. So anyone looking at her, talking to her, taking the measure of her life, would say she'd been a huge success. She rose to the rank of CEO, she had a beautiful home, a good marriage, grown children that were lovely and kind and successful, and and she was going to be a grandmother right away. So it was perfect life. But she would lie awake at night asking herself, is this it? And that made her sick with guilt. So she knew she had everything that other people, women in particular, would kill for, and that she felt she was being ungrateful. She couldn't figure out what was wrong with her. She went to the therapist, nothing came of it. She joined a bunch of women's groups. They were enjoyable, but nothing changed. If anything, these activities actually made her even more aware of the dissonance between how she should feel and how she did feel. That was, of course, the key, the should. At 62 years old, she was ready to change things. But for a woman like her, uh, change meant retirement, golfing, volunteer work, playing bridge, playing you know, with the grandchildren, taking cruises, enjoying the fruits of her labor, so to speak. And while she recognized this was a desirable next step, it wasn't the step she desired. And in particular, she was starting to feel like she was suffocating, like the expectations she long accepted as her own expectations were starting to unravel, revealing that she'd lived a life of should. And she sensed, but at the beginning, of course, she wasn't really able to articulate that this next transition was an opportunity for transformation. But only if she could break free from the shoulds, Otherwise, it would just be another one of the various transitions she'd experienced in her life, successful, but ultimately shallow, like they're functional, they're instrumental, off you go. So over time, she created a vision of what she wanted the next chapter of her life to be, something she'd never actually done before. She defined what her values were, what kind of value she wanted to give the world in this next phase, and how she planned to make that happen knowing that shock and pushback in her world were going to be likely. And it wasn't smooth sailing. But she held the horizon in mind and she kept going. And now, now she runs a nonprofit that teaches women how to mentor other women, free from the do as I do or did model that she so frequently encountered. She speaks regularly, is working on a manuscript and is avoiding playing bridge, though she she has recently tried skydiving. So. Why should you care about all of these people's stories and then the stories I tell you? Well, it's a good question, why should you care? Well, in my opinion, there are at least two reasons. Number one, any one of these women that I've talked about could be someone in your life. A daughter, sister, mother, niece, friend, employee, neighbor, grandmother, boss who needs support encouragement, guidance, only if she wants it. Don't be offering it free. Um, A safe space to learn to see and hear and articulate and pursue her dreams. And you could be the person she needs those things from, right? Or she needs to know you're okay with her doing this her way. So that's the number one reason. The number two reason, she could be you. And I'm sure there are other reasons, but as far as I'm concerned, those two reasons that I just listed are more than enough uh, to take the idea of what transformation can offer women and those surround those women, right? So there's the, the woman that transforms and then there's the women around her or the people in general around her that that then are impacted by that transformation. So to me, to be very, very clear, transformation, is the active pursuit of possibility. The kind that leads to an alignment of you, your who, what, when, where, why, and how. So too frequently I feel people equate transformation with like a wholesale reconfigurement of their lives. It can be that for sure. It can also be as subtle as a change in mindset that then transforms everything from perspective to practice. Transformation is to me also about living the best life you can, given everything that must be considered. So for me, I have physical disability. And so my best life, it may not be that I choose to try and climb Mount Everest, love reading the books, never going to climb the mountain. No. So that's, that's a bit about, you know, what should be considered, but it's a process, a mystery, an adventure, a a trial by fire, a, a reckoning, and a test of patience and perseverance. So I say to you, when you hear this list, I don't take shit. I have clear and firm boundaries. I know what matters to me. Uh, fear, regret, uncertainty, guilt, doubt, and sadness don't define my days and nights. Um, I confidently speak my truth, whatever that might be. I'm constantly creating the life I want and I motivate and inspire those around me. What do you think? Is it you? Could it be you? Good question, right? So that's it for today. And I'm just going to throw a few new things in here. So you can check out the Facebook group. So it's facebook.com backslash T, T-E-E with D, to follow and or like the stuff I'm talking about. Plus, take the opportunity while you're there to join the Tea House, um, a wee group I'm starting to build support and connect women interested in the sort of stuff we serve at T with D. You can find me it at... Um, LinkedIn at backslash T with D, T E E with D. And um, oh, and that'll tell you when I'm speaking next. And check out my weekly vlogs, blogs, podcasts, um, the fun quiz, reflection guide, and lots of sass on my mothership, which is www.twithd.com. See you there.